Welcome to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. If you have any questions about mortgages or real estate, give us a call at 521-TALK. That's 521-8255 or text us at 580-580. Oh, Oh, shush. I'm ready to go. I'm excited. (laughs) I've been waiting all week for this. (laughs) Oh, we got to redo that intro, I think. You think? I think so. You don't suppose it didn't sound like there was a problem there, did it? Nah. Frank is here. Paul is not. It's a special day in the neighborhood. Dora joins us. It's a special day in the neighborhood. How are you, Dora? Here I am. I'm well, thank you. How are you? Couldn't be much better. Look at that. Sun is shining. Birds are singing. Perfect. Feels like spring. Spring market is some almost here, sort of, kind of. It is almost Beginning here. to grow a little. It is. It is. So I think uh, with the fact that we've had some of the, the warmest temperatures we've had in January, it does feel like the spring market is coming. Um, certainly in the last 10 days, a lot of activity in the real estate market. We're seeing an uptick in in sales. We're seeing even back to some multiple offers on homes, which is exciting for, for sellers. But uh, it's, uh, it's a good time to buy and sell. Uh, so what caused this now, this little change? What caused the little change? I think it's just uh, buyers have become acclimatized to to the interest rates, to everything else. And I think, you know, we're, we're seeing a correction in our market. And with every correction, there's opportunity. And as a seller, you can focus on the fact that for the first time in years, you know, it seems that buyers have the advantage. And they do. They, they've, they're, there's more choice. There is, you know, there is time to take a look. But as a seller, despite all of the price adjustments, despite the fact that the interest rates went up seven times last year, the equity that you have gained in your home in the last three years is extraordinary. It's historical. So opportunity both for buyers and sellers right now. Is that true, Frank? People getting used to the rates now? I think people are getting used to the rates, but people still can't uh, stomach the fact that their mortgage is coming up for renewal and they're coming out of a 2.69, 2.89, 3.19, and now having to look at if you're – certainly if you're speaking with your bank, you're likely in the fives and – some banks are offering 6% mortgages. So um, that's the part that they're having a hard time with because, you know, as much as they built equity, and that's the good news, the fact that five years ogo their house may have been worth four hundred and today it's worth $700, they have got 300000 and I can preach that all I want, and it makes them feel good because now they've got this added equity in their home. Still need the cash flow, though. Right? But they still need the monthly cash flow. And now, you know, we're having conversations about – well, then let's re-amortize it for 25, 30 years and so that we can keep your payments the same, especially if you if you want to – what you think is safe in your eyes, which is just taking a fix because you've got the bank employees telling you, calling you, and telling you to renew now because – and I can tell you a story, and I'll, sh- I'll, I'll share an email with you after, Steve, so that you can read it. But, you know, a, a listener that listened – uh, and I said, listen, if you're gonna if they're gonna off, make you an offer, make sure it takes effect on your maturity date and not today. And one of our listeners heard that, and her and her husband went to the bank after they'd received a call to sign the paperwork, and they couldn't find anywhere on the paperwork where it said it was going to take effect on the maturity, which was in April. It was all going to take effect today. And she goes, well, now I, don't, I want nothing to do with this. Let me cancel it. Well, somehow their mortgage disappeared from their system as well. So. Again, th- these are some of the complications that happen, but you know, I'm happy that the listener was able to at least defend herself and say, like, we're not signing this. Why would we give up our 2.89 today? And they offered 6.15 or something Ooh. like that for a three-year, which, which I think is crazy anyway. 
So, uh, you know, I just think that people are scared of, uh, well, number one, they're, they're being scared by the bank personnel. So I'll tell you the difference between the bank personnel and the bank economists. The bank economists will tell you recession's coming and interest rates are coming down. Bank personnel call people and, and scare them with tactics like you should renew now. You've seen what's happened the last seven or eight months with rates going up. They could continue to go up. Let's early renew you now. But that's in the best interest of the bank, not in the customer's best interest. Mm-hmm. Because why would they give up 2.89 for the next four, five, six months to sign up now when rates are likely going to be lower five, six months from now? So, uh, you and know, that's where we're at, right? People that are renewing now are about 2.89. 2.89 to 3.19 is most of them that I've seen. So again, much favorable rates, and uh, it's it's tough. And I, you know, I had a couple of clients yesterday that I said it's bad luck. Your timing is just bad luck. If your mortgage is maturing in March and April, it's a really tough decision to make because the forecast does call for fixed rates to come down if we hit this recession. But you don't have the benefit of time. You have to make a decision now. And if the right decision is to take a variable rate mortgage, which might be the right decision, but it comes with a sacrifice. The sacrifice is that prime rates today is at 6.45. The likelihood is very good that the market is priced in a quarter percent increase on Wednesday, which will bring it to 6.7. And even if you're getting prime minus a half or prime minus one, you're well into the fives and maybe low sixes. And that's what you're signing up for instead of maybe getting you know some banks that have 499 for a three-year. Instead of getting that, but won't you kick yourself if six or eight months from now those interest rates are down into the low fours and threes and you took the four nine nine? Now you gotta you gotta wait another two and a half years before you can convert. Where on a very yeah, low even if you have to sit on that for two years, you're still gonna be ahead of it over five, right? Well, again, it all depends. And people say, Well, prime's gonna come down too if we had a recession. Maybe. But I think Tiff Macklem's made it very clear. And not that we can trust everything that Tiff Macklem says, because again, Tiff Macklem's the one that set Canadians up for failure by taking variables because he's the one who came out. And when he said it the first time that he said interest rates will remain low for a long time, all right, so what's a long time mean? I mean, he said that in 2020. Two years is a long time? Well, then he Apparently wasn't wrong. To him, yeah. Well, then that wasn't wrong because he didn't start raising rates until the middle of 2022. Where he went wrong is that he said rates will remain low later. He said mm-hmm. rates will remain low. And we probably won't start increasing rates until 2023. Yeah. So then anybody that was buying a house in 2021 or early 2022 was yes. taking a variable based on the fact that he, rates wouldn't go up until 2023. And they're the ones that kind of made the mistake of taking a variable because it backfired on on, on all of them. But I think that that contributed to sort of what where we saw the halt in the market is because after the announcement of the first rate increase in March, that's where a lot of buyers... Cold. Yes, the market went cold. And a lot of people who had already purchased were in a position where they had to... In order to convert on the next sale, they had to have their house sold, and the buyers sort of disappeared, mm-hmm. and so they were forced to decrease their prices, and that's where we saw sort of this accelerated change in the market in spring of 2022. Speaking of variable, let's go to beautiful Bridalwood. Say hello to Steve. Hello, Steve. Great name, by the way. <laughs> love your show, by the way. Just love Thank it. You. Thank you. Uh, my son is uh, looking at uh, purchasing his first home, and I'm just, uh, you know, it's been a long time since I've, you know, been, uh, uh, had to worry about mortgage rates and all that, so I, I'm sort of calling on his behalf. But um, It's a whole new world. Yes, it is. <laughs> it is. Um, but listening to your show has, you know, certainly given me uh, help, you know, helped uh, you know, a little bit, uh, a little bit uh, ahead of the game. So um, I guess the first question I have is, uh, we have started talking to a mortgage broker, good. but what are the what would you say are the attributes of a good mortgage broker? 
Well, again, I mean, I think Italian. <laughs> Mortgage brokers are supposed to be uh, basically they have no favorites. Like, you know, as much as, you know, I, I can tell you that I'll work with 10 or 12 lenders every year. I don't have a favorite. Once I understand what the client's needs are, I try and place them with a lender that will meet their best needs. And it's not always the best rate, but it's more about understanding what the client is looking for. Is this a long-term purchase? Is this a purchase that maybe, you know, two or three years from now, is this just a starter purchase that two or three years from now you might want to upgrade? And if that's the case, then we want to make sure that you've got a portable mortgage with a lender that allows for flexible portability. So, and not every lender does that. They all say they do, but then once you go do it, they put all these restrictions in place that you can't meet. There's some lenders that won't let you port a mortgage unless the closings happen on the same month. So not 30 days, but on the same month. So if you're buying closing on the 31st and you're selling closing on the 2nd, even though it's only three days, they don't let you port because it's not a different month. So so that's the kind of stuff. And there's a lot of online brokerages out there that promote their, these awesome rates, but what they don't tell you is about all the restrictions. Right. The other part is I think, uh, you know, hopefully the broker has been able to sit down with your son and and gather all the information, gather all the paperwork ahead of time so that, you know, like like Dora said, we're, we're starting to see some competitive uh, situations again. And if there's competitive situation, you definitely want to know that your son's got a formal pre-approval where the only thing that's really standing in the way of an approval now is the actual property itself and the purchase price. So, um, you know, but I don't know, your uh, your son, how deep uh, into the pre-approval is he? Uh, I think we're, we're, we don't have a signed document, but we've, we've, we, yeah, we were pretty well there because we've okay, got, we had lots Terrific. of good lots of sharing so that, that sounds like we've ticked all the boxes yeah um so uh, let me just uh, talk a little bit about rate rates so so there he was suggesting a three-year it seemed like he was leaving leaning slightly toward a three-year fi- uh, fixed term yep. um uh, and uh you know i guess it depends on what your your tea leaves say what you think the future is going to hold if things are going to uh rates are going to fall you know uh, how quickly they're going to fall and how much um very uh, whether you'd go fixed year uh, three year fixed or variable um uh, i'm kind of leaning to i my me personally i'm thinking variable five year would be where i would want to lean just because yeah you you bite the bullet up up front but i think I, maybe I'm optimistic. Things are gonna things are gonna uh, start to at the end of end of 2023. Uh, you know, early 24, things will be start to start to turn out. And then you'd have the benefit of a lower rate for the re- remainder of the uh, the term. Yep, agreed. And and again, there's a a couple of banks out there that have what's called fixed payments within a variable, so that you'll get today's variable rate, but they won't change the payment. And for some people, the monthly payment is the most important thing. So. You might go with a variable that offers you the fixed payments where if Prime were to continue to go up, the payments wouldn't change. So within reason, though, right? Within reason, yeah. yeah. And, and I think we're beyond that now. I don't think Prime can go up another four percentage points now. So, so you know, that's there. And I agree with you that I would go variable. If, if, if one of my kids was buying a house today, I would recommend that they go variable just because I do believe that fixed interest rates are coming down. Just to put it into perspective, over the last – so from a year ago today – the gap between a five-year bond and a five-year fixed rate was 1.4% a year ago. Today, it's over 2%. So it just shows you that as much as we've seen inflation on everything else, our food prices, while we've seen inflation on the mortgage market too, not from a standpoint of the rate going up because they're tied to bond markets, but on what, again, just like a, I think a lot of food companies will tell you, it's these corporations that are increasing their profits by raising prices the way they are. It's not all inflation. There's also greed in there. 
I think there's greed on the financial institution side right now, where a lot of them, you know, just to give you an example, there's a gap for us in our broker between a lender, a non-bank lender, where we can get 4.69 for a five-year fixed. And some of the banks are at 5.49 for a five-year fix. So that's an 80-point gap, and it just shows you. And talking to the lender who's got the 4.69, they're still extremely happy with the profit margin that they're wow. getting on that 4.69. So it okay. just shows you what the banks are making when they're charging clients 5.49. So, so that 4.69, would that, would that be, uh, would that be um, like a, a no frills? or nope. or nope. nope. All frills. 2020 prepayment privileges, portability, the works. Okay. So. That's- Again, it's out there, and your broker should have access to it unless, you know, they don't. Again, some brokers, the only thing that I say about some brokers, they play favorites with some lenders, and they only want to deal with those lenders, and they forget about other lenders that might have better products out there. Okay, okay. All right, All right. Steve, we got to move on. All right, thank you very much. Thank guys. you so thank much. You. Good care. luck. Thanks. Bye now. Bye-bye. 521-TALK, 521-8255. We'll be right back. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Uh, welcome back. Dora, are you uh, ever seeing any first-time home buyers these days? Is there such a thing anymore? It just seems such a, a rare commodity. I'm waiting for Hinterland, who's who. Yeah. The first-time home buyer. I think a rare commodity, and, and, I'm, and Frank can speak to this too, I think right now, because there is opportunity in the market, we're seeing a lot of uh, multi unit owners coming out and buying. So a, a person who owns a, a, a property going to buy an investment property or a townhome because we've seen such a decline in prices there. First-time home buyers, absolutely there are some. And with rates, uh, in, rent rates having gone up as much as they have in the last couple of years, it, it makes sense to go buy because at one point, you know, if you're paying more in, in rent than you would be in your mortgage, despite the, the interest rates being high, the math doesn't work. It just comes down to your down payment. How are you going to save for a down payment in, in the environment today with everything, the cost of living being so high? And I think that's where we're seeing sort of this interprovincial shift where we're seeing a lot of young people and a lot of first-time home buyers leaving large urban centers and going to smaller cities, which, which has helped the economy all over Ontario, sort of spreading the wealth. And uh, But how are first-time home buyers able to... Put away a down payment if the average rent in Ottawa right now for a two-bedroom is $2,315. That is a very good question. Because if you if you look at what, you know, how home prices have increased in the last 10 years and how the um, average income has increased in the last 10 years, there doesn't seem to be a correlation. And so I don't know how people are saving other than, you know, mom and dad cohabitating with, with other people um, and, and just, you know, reducing spending in any way, shape, or form that they can. Are you starting to see that now? Are you showing homes to pools of people who have decided either two couples buying a home together? Not not really. No. I, a lot of multi-generational living. Yeah. So, so, you know, mom and dad selling a house and moving into a home with a young, with a young couple where mom and dad will take a, a certain portion of the house and the young couple will take a certain portion. Certainly seeing a lot more of that in Ottawa, which I don't think was the norm in our market before. No, it was the norm for Frank, though. Yes. Uh, we're Italian. It's we Italian. have two kitchens it's, anyway, it's your, so why not right. put both kitchens to use at the same time? I mean, yeah. Uh, let's go to a beautiful downtown Kempville. Say hello to Chris. Hello, Chris. Hi, Chris. Hello there. Hey there. Uh, a couple of questions. Number one, 
I was curious about land values out in Kempo. We live currently in Kempo, but I'm looking at purchasing land and I have for our son. And mm-hmm. I'm just kind of wondering if you could give me some idea what, what they currently are. So land value in Kempville and values in Kempville as a general whole, we saw a an increase of about 40% in pricing through the pandemic. So as, you know, we went to working from home, we went to a hybrid model now, or we continue to be in a hybrid model now where you're going to work two, three days a week, there's a lot more attraction to move out into the outskirts. So Almont, Kempville, everywhere saw a, a big growth in pricing. Um, it's very, very difficult to give you a price on a piece of land. It will depend on whether it's serviced, whether it's in a subdivision, whether it has, you know, a paved road, not a paved road. Would have been awesome 10 years ago. Yeah, dimensions yeah. and all sorts of things. So it, uh, it that's a loaded question. If you'd like to call and we can chat about it offline, absolutely, yep. just to get some okay. more details on it. But uh, yep. um Value is a lot higher than it was a few years ago, though they've come down in recent months. Perfect. And then the other question for Frank, I'm just wondering about, do banks look at, as far as financing land, differently than a home? Uh, absolutely. They they don't have an appetite for financing land generally. And in some cases, they'll finance it if you've got, um, if you're at the start of building the home. So, you know, if you've already started preparations with plans and stuff, they want to know that, they're not in it for long term. They want to know that, you know, they're financing the land, but, you know, within 12 months or so, you're going to start building on it so that they'll have a house that goes on it as well, and then they can finance the house as well. For most people, what I'm seeing when it comes to land financing is, you know, especially if it's a parent that's helping, what they're doing is they're using their home equity line of credit to buy the land because that would be a cheaper way to do it anyway um, and and putting it on that so that, that the house is unencumbered because that's the other part of – if you're going to apply for construction financing to build a home, if the land itself is encumbered with a with a debt on it, then it make, makes it that much more difficult to get financing. So uh, it all depends on scenarios. Generally, what I'll do is I'll speak. And I've had lots of scenarios where exactly what you're doing, you're looking at buying land to help you know one of your kids maybe uh, build a house in the future, near future or, or later on. And uh, there's equity in your home that we can kind of tap into just to assist with keeping the cost down as much as possible and also have a better chance of getting an approval with an exit strategy of obviously once the house is built, then we can finance that home itself on its own. Okay, perfect. Wonderful. Thank you, Chris. Thanks for the call. Bye-bye. Different lenders better at this than others? Well, again, we're uh, most of the major banks really don't like mm-hmm. construction financing, and you know. What if you just want to buy land? What if you just want to buy fifty acres? And, depends and- on how strong your portfolio is at a bank. So, and it depends. And, and I would always say, always say that if you're buying in a community like a small community like Kempville, I would strongly urge you to potentially talk to a bank that's in that community because they'll have a better feel for the land value, and the fact that you probably got your accounts and everything there. So it strengthens the possibility of you getting uh, a, a loan specifically for the land. So now that most of them, again, depending on the what the land costs, if it's a $30,000 lot, then they might the bank might just suggest just a personal loan. Yeah. But if it's a $250,000 lot, now you're not going to be able to buy it with 5% down or 10% down, just so you know. The likelihood is that the bank, again, there's exceptions to it. So if you know, if a parent went in there and said, I want to buy a piece of land, then they've got a healthy portfolio with that bank or just a healthy portfolio altogether, the chances are that you might be able to get 80% of the value on a on a land loan. 
But realistically, generally speaking, it's anywhere between 50 to 65%. So you've got to have a significant down payment. We get calls from time to time of first-time home buyers who want to start off with a lot and they have 5% down. Well, that 5% down program or even less than 20% is not available for land. It has to be a house. Well, even when you're getting a conventional mortgage, don't they just take in two acres as part of? Well, some lenders are five, some lenders are 10. Uh, but ideally, uh, again, uh, you know, if you're buying a big house on a big farmland, uh, there are restrictions there too. If you've got livestock, right. most lenders Different want nothing too. to do with livestock, mm-hmm. so they don't they don't want to finance something with livestock. Again, the banks and the lenders, you have to understand, it's all about marketability. Should something go wrong, they look at a worst case scenario. If they have to take that property back, they want to flip it in a week if they could. Mm-hmm. They want it listed, shown, offers, and they're out. When it's got livestock and when it's got other unique mm-hmm. aspects to it. They, they don't want to be sitting on it for 60, yeah. 90 days waiting for that right buyer who wants that specific scenario. So, oh, and here I, I thought they were just here there to help, to help you. Yeah. There, there, are, there are some builders, though, if you do your homework, there are some builders that will help you purchase a lot. So if you approach them with a vacant property, there are some builders who will purchase a lot as long as you sign a contract with them for the build, and then you have more. But of then the lot's in lot. their name, so you're not technically buying That's the right. lot. That's right. The you're lot- signing the lot to them, and then they're selling it to you. Now, the they're good thing about that— for people with 5% down, that's, that's right. exactly what they should be doing yes. because then they can get a default insured mortgage because now the builders might be asking for a deposit of 30, 40, 50,000 and then the rest at completion. And that's totally different. That's no different than the big track builders that are out there. Right. So the dream of building your own home can still happen with 5% down that way. It could, it but only could. if you have a builder that's going to carry it to the that's end. Right. So they got to carry the financial part yes. of it. But if a you get a builder that say, yeah, yeah, but you got to give me money when I finish the foundation. You got to give right. me money when you. Well, then you can't buy with five percent yeah. down. So because find you a builder with money. deep pockets. <laughs> but yeah. again, the it, builder it is... will make money on it because they're gonna they're gonna put the cost of that yeah. financing in there. That's so. right. Five two one talk five two one eight two five five. We will be right back. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Welcome back. Dora in for Paul, who's uh, somewhere in the Virgin Islands right now, not knowing where he is. Mm, On a boat. (laughs) On a boat. Frank is here. Let's go to the phone. Beautiful downtown Almont. Say hello to Rita. Hi, Rita. Hi. Hi, Rita. Hello. Hey, we're ready. Go ahead. Okay, uh, my question is, I'll make a really long story short, uh, I have a home uh, equity line of credit that was established uh, probably 10 years ago uh, to, with the sole purpose of uh, purchasing some rental properties for our children. A um, couple of bad decisions later, it helps us their souls, and we still carry um, a significant debt related to that, for which our accountant tells us it's okay because we can just keep claiming the interest yep. on it. Well, now with interest payments, um, our, the minimum has, you know, tripled in the last uh, six months or so. Uh, so we've sort of been considering maybe we'd be better off um, having a mortgage on our home rather than holding on to carrying this line of credit. Any, any feelings on that? I would say at this point, you've gone through the last six or eight months. I mean, it's obviously gradually gone up prime rate, and you've seen the increase happen from last May until 
today, and unfortunately, you'll probably see another increase uh, next week because Bank of Canada is right. expected to raise prime by a quarter point. But I think because you've already gone six, seven, eight months with this pain, I would maybe recommend that you sit tight for another four, five, six months because now it feels like we're in the downward trend of interest rates. So now we're going to start to see at least fixed rates on mortgages go down. So in my just my opinion, I think if you converted it to a mortgage now, number one, your payments wouldn't be lower because a mortgage incorporates both principal and interest payments where your line right. of credit's interest only. So the interest rate might be lower, but your payments will likely still be the same or maybe even higher. But I would say that at this point, why not, if, if you believe that a recession's forthcoming and the markets are pricing for a recession, um, and so is every single economist talking about a recession coming, which means that interest rates, fixed interest rates are likely to come down, then why not at this point wait it out for a little bit longer and see how much those interest rates come down before you decide to convert it to a mortgage? Um, uh, that's what I would do. The only other option to that would be if you took a variable rate mortgage because then you get a prime minus. So right now in your line of credit, you're likely prime plus a half, maybe prime plus one, where you would yeah. go to prime minus. So at least you have you the option. Pay, you got to pay principal on that too. Yeah, right? you got to pay yeah. principal, so your payment's going to go up, but at least you'll have the option to kind of try and time the market where you can go into a fixed mortgage if fixed rates come down like many are predicting to do. So it's tough. Now, again... You know, you sound down, and you're right. the The payments have gone up, but if you've had these investment properties, you've had how many investment properties you end up buying? Two. Two. How much have those gone up in the last? How long have you had these properties? Oh no, we don't have them anymore. We sold them. Oh, okay, and you still uh, have money on the line of credit. We, Did you sell them before COVID? Oh yes, yeah, oh. and um, you know when interest rates were really low. Yeah. Um, yes. But. Um, yeah, no, we were the world's worst investors. We lost money on it. So, um, and well, you know, there's, it's very complicated. Why? <laughs> but right. um, the bottom line is, yeah. Um, How much the is the line of credit? What do you owe on it? Uh, we're at about uh, 70000 I think okay. it is now. So, again, it's not, listen, it's a significant amount in mortgage terms. Yeah. It's a small yeah. amount, but it's still a significant amount to people. Um, I, again, my recommendation would be if you can just hold on for another mm -hmm. few months, I think you'll start to see that the interest rates come down on fixed rates. And if you want to convert it to a fixed mortgage, do it at that point. Which bank's the line of credit with? Uh, CIBC. And I have not talked to them about it because I don't trust them to give me the right advice. <laughs> well, well, that's where, you know, what I would suggest is if, um, you know, keep listening to the show and, you know, I'll, I'll talk about rates on a weekly basis and what's going on with rates. And by the way, like fixed rates should be coming down because the bond market has come down to the tune of 60 basis mm -hmm. points in the last two weeks. But none of the banks have lowered their fixed rates. So uh, they're all doing right. very, very well right now. And yeah. when I he when I see, you know, Peter from OSFI talking about he needs to protect the financial institutions, honestly, my stomach turns a little bit because hardworking Canadians yeah. are, gonna, are paying the price to make sure that these banks continue to have record profits. And here Absolutely. he is talking about protecting them and yeah. not doing what's best for Canadians. Canadians. And that that's upsetting mm -hmm. to, to a lot of people actually. So, but, uh, but I would sit tight and maybe reach out to me um, uh, again, go on the website, mortgagebrokersauto.com. Give me a call and I'm more than happy to give you some advice. And you know, if you're, if you're really struggling to make the payments, 
Uh, well, if you're struggling to make the payments, I don't think going to a fix is going to help you. No, no, um, we're not struggling. It just makes me sick. Yeah, yeah. Right? I know it's upsetting. Yeah. And, you know, we talk about variable rate yeah. mortgages, but n- nobody talks about the fact that, you know, the people that are really paying the price are the people that have home equity lines of credits. And to see their payments yeah. go up as significantly yes. as they have over the last eight months. Thank you, Rita. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks so much. Take care. Ah, real estate, it's all about timing, isn't it? Is. It is. It's all about timing. And bad luck sometimes. Like, yep. like honestly, anybody that bought in, like five years from, That's five right. years ago, anybody that bought five years ago, the average home was probably in the fours. That's lower. Uh, and lower, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, their mortgage coming up for renewal, and they're, they are. They're sickened by the fact that, yeah. oh, my God, like my payment's going up 600 bucks a month. I, yeah. I don't know that I can afford but it's that. it's the timing on with selling, the too, right? She had it to is, sell before, yes. before COVID. Awful. Had yeah. she waited another year, too, Awful. I mean, hindsight yeah. is perfect. But. Same thing on the mortgages. If That's right. Timing is bad luck. I mean, if that mortgage would have come due last year at this time last year, you were getting a five-year fix in the threes. Yeah. Where now your mortgage is coming up for renewal and your bank is calling you, offering you the fives and the sixes. If the mortgage doesn't come due until maybe a year from now, we might be back into, into into the threes a year from now, so it's just bad luck. But the problem is that the solution for the short term is not any better because we're in inverted bond yields right now, which means that the one- and the two-year rates are higher than the three-, four-, and five-year rates. So taking a one- or two-year doesn't seem to make a lot of sense either. And the banks will talk you out of it because they know that then a year from now they got to fight to keep you again and they want to retain you. They'd rather you take a three, four, five year, so at least they got you for a long time. Yeah, but they're getting a pretty good chunk of that one year right now. Yes, they are. A very good chunk. They're getting a very good chunk of the three, four, and five year as well. That's why you see the three year at 499, because the the spread on it is huge. It'll be interesting to see how quickly the rates come down and what kind of effect that has on the market, because the inventory remains low. So will will things go crazy again? What will happen? And so will it'll be it'll be it's a very very interesting time. The labor market is is what's throwing this all off. It, it's the so labor strong. market is so strong it's and so strong. you know they just came out with a stat: the lowest unemployment, the, the least amount of Canadians filed for unemployment last In month. What twenty two years of, or ever yeah. ever since they started keeping statistics on it. So the labor market is going against everything else that our eyes tell us. When you go to a restaurant and the restaurant owner is saying. I'm really starting to feel it. Like people aren't coming out to eat anymore. And you talk to consumers and they're saying, we can't afford to go to a restaurant. We have to give that up. We have to give up, you know, our gym membership. We, we're just going to do it right. at home. So so all these are small business owners that are going to really continue to str- or start to struggle even more. Like they haven't been enough through COVID. Now, just as they get their that's right. things going again, but- now they're going to go backwards again. And then you've got, but aside from that, and that's why I see this labor thing. And I aside from that, I can tell you financial institutions have started to lay off all over the place. We're reading that Microsoft just That's laid right. off 10,000 people. Yeah. 10,000 people. That's right. Amazon laid off. Yeah. Amazon, who was the fastest yes. growing yes. over the last yeah. three years, have laid off all these people. Well, and yet statistics come out and they say that there's least less people. So are these people just retired? Have they quit? Just, like I'm trying to figure out what's happening okay. that that people are losing their jobs, yet there's no EI claims. Yeah, there aren't any uh EI claims. And it's happening all over the world. It's not just us. I mean, this is a worldwide phenomenon that's going on right now. Certainly discretionary spending is is decreasing. You can see it. You can feel it. Um, but yeah, the job, the job numbers are really skewing everything. So it's, it's a different time. I mean, I think historically you could look at markets, you could look at interest rates, you could sort of predict what was going to happen. And I think the next 12 to 18 months, much like 
2020 to 2022 were unprecedented times right now, it's the same thing. It's just we're not really sure what's going to happen. But you're seeing the market begin to wake up, right? It, it, certainly. Absolutely. The market is waking up. And I think I think it's it's time for sort of a collaborative mindset between buyers and sellers where, you know, don't don't be too emotional as a purchaser, as a buyer. Don't think you're going to get something well below asking market value. And as a seller, don't think you're going to get the home run that you did a year and a half ago. And so there, there, there is activity in the market. Um, Ottawa has always been a very stable market. We're a very robust market. Our unemployment rate is, is one of the lowest in the country. And so it, um, there, is, there is activity. Will the next two months be more favorable to buyers or sellers? Well, days on market is hovering at about uh, 36. I would say for the first time in a long time, buyers are going to feel like they have a little bit of an advantage. There is going to be time for them. But if last But they week, need the listings too, right? That's right. They need the listings. And, and if last week was an indication of what's to come, uh, we did see, you know, multiple homes sell in multiple offer. And so if the inventory remains low... It may flip again to to the seller's advantage. It's it's such such a an interesting time because week to week things are changing just so much. Have just let there be you... home inspections. Just oh, the only absolutely. thing I ask for. I mean, the financing I'm hit and miss on. It all depends on what they pay for it. All I ask for is I I hope 100%. the buyers have an opportunity to put a home inspection in there. Hundred percent. Because I want them to protect it. Like there's so many of them that have regretted their decisions to buy without a home inspection, and then they find. Stuff. I mean, that put all the power in yeah. the seller's hands, yes. and any seller that had a property that had defaults to it was able to put it on the market during that time frame, get rid of it without any. Yeah, any, you can buy a house plus, quick, but yeah. the regret lasts forever. Well, yeah, hundred percent. It, it. I mean, in different markets in Ontario, it's very, very common to have pre-inspections. So when you go to list a property, there's an inspection report from an accredited inspector, and it's on file. And and as a purchaser, as a buyer, you can choose to look at it. You can choose to have your own. But there is something there, so it's a level playing field for all buyers, and you know what you're getting into. Our markets doesn't seem to have taken that on. Would you and, recommend that to your sellers? Well, I, I would because I single-handedly would like to change the industry. So, yeah. <laughs> so and I'm going to put on my cape. I'm going to put on my cape and do, 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 move ahead. <laughs> but uh, um, but I I think it's 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 a good idea for everybody because as a seller, if there are things that you that you have to, if you have any pride in your home, you're going to want to do those little repairs or or know what you're up against. And as a buyer. It it um it gives you a little bit of peace of mind, right? And if it does you... go to multiple offers, you've got that addition over the next door neighbor who's selling to say, look, there's nothing major going to happen here. That's right. That's right. No, it's it's a it's peace of mind, and and I think it's the right thing to do. We're we're experts in in selling real estate, in in trading, in pricing, in marketing, um, and there are experts in construction and experts in everything else. And, and just like you're going to go to a mortgage broker for finance advice, you're going to purchase a home with a real estate professional, there should be a building inspection. 521-TALK, 521-8255. We will be right back. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. All right, to the phones we go. Connor's been waiting. Hello, Connor. 
Hi there. I have a question for Frank. Um, as you probably know, the, the province has changed some of the building rules to allow for construction of duplexes and triplexes, et cetera, yep. in the, or they've changed the zoning rules. I'm, I'm just wondering if, do you see yet any lenders offering any kind of financing unique to those needs? Uh, or do you see that coming anytime in the next few months? I don't think the rules will change or the lenders appetite for construction financing changes. Lenders are all about profit, and they can say whatever they want. At the end of the day, they they measure everything based on the profit they make. Doing a mortgage, a one-time mortgage where somebody buys a house and they give them the money, they've done the math. It takes their underwriter 28 minutes, like they put it right down to the minute, takes their funder 34 minutes to do it, and, and they can measure their profitability. The problem with construction financing is that it's labor intensive because mm-hmm. you're looking at draws three, four times. So um, they don't even want to price it. They don't even want to do it because it's not profitable enough for them, number one. Number two, they want to take no risk. And they are not, and they'll tell you, they're not in the home building business. They're in the lending business. And so they're extremely strict on who they approve on it. And the government can do nothing about it unless the government were to give them a backing and say, hey, you know what? If, if it goes south, we'll give you back the money. Then the banks are happy because that's essentially what default insurance is. Default insurance is all about protecting the financial institution in case there's any loss. So if the government were to do that or if the government were to say CMHC and, and SAGEN and Can the Guarantee can guarantee these construction mortgages, which, by the way, would come at the cost of anybody that's building. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be free. So it's always a cost to this. Then I think that the banks would have more of an appetite to do construction financing. But – a lot of people need to understand that construction financing is riskier. Yes. A bank does not want to own a property or own a, a property that's only a third complete. And the bank wants to make sure that the person who is building it, number one, is qualified to build it, and number two, has the funds to get it to a certain stage. So for most banks, you need to get to the stage where the house is totally enclosed with your own money. Mm-hmm. The house is totally enclosed. It's uh, The windows and doors are installed, and the roof has been shingled. That's their starting point for a lot of the banks. So that's really difficult because that, believe it or not, at that stage, you've already put out probably 50 to 60% of what's going to cost because Absolutely. you have to put a deposit on a kitchen because a kitchen's going to take 12, 16 weeks to come in, and you have to do that well in advance because if you wait until you, you get the money, now you're waiting another four months before the kitchen even comes in, and now you're just sitting paying financing for a property that's sitting there empty. so And then some would have to put that second kitchen in. Well, yes. Italians would order two at a time, but anyway. No, but, you get a discount? But honestly, Connor, I don't I don't see it getting easier unless the government came out with a program, which I don't see either, but a government came out with a program where, uh, uh, you know, let's get the default insurers to partake in it so that yeah, the, the, the bank doesn't get any risk. It's also difficult in the sense because you don't know what the end product is going to be. And if you have an appraisal, if you're buying an existing property, you, the bank can say, well, yes, I think this is valued at X number of dollars. If you are building something unknown, it depends on your trades and it depends on the final outcome to determine what the price is going to be. And they don't even, And they're not guaranteed there will be a final outcome. That's right. That's right. With a scarcity of trades and everything else. Connor, credit unions, credit unions have got an appetite for construction financing, but they're a little bit better than the banks. But again, they want to see skin in the game. So, 
You know, uh, we often get phone calls from people that have 5% down and want to build a home and build it on their own because they can save thousands of dollars. The problem is there is no lender out there that will give you money to get the stages. You have to complete something before you get money. Yeah. They're going to lend you money on what's been done, not what's going to be done. So, yeah. um, you know, I don't see that changing anytime soon. All right, thank I you, Cutter. We got to move on. Private mortgage route. Sorry if I. Yeah, the private mortgage again, yeah, but, but very expensive. But again, yeah. even, even a private lender is not going to give you money and say, "Okay, oh, you're putting the foundation. How much is it going to be? Thirty thousand. Okay, here's thirty thousand. Go put the foundation in." Doesn't work that way. Not a chance. Not even a private lender will take that risk. Mm-hmm. Thanks, so. Connor. Thanks. Thanks. Bye-bye. Dora, where are we at for investment properties now? Now that rents are going up, is it becoming a little more attractive again? Or is it still, unless you're buying a duplex or a triplex, is it a tough haul? I think it's, it's, it's certainly more attractive right now. I think we're seeing a lot of people pulling the equity that they've gained from their homes in the last few years and buying buying rental properties. Um I think with the amount of uh, immigrants that we intend to pull into Canada, where I think 60, 70 of them are going, percent of them are going to end up in Ontario, rental properties are always going to be in high demand. Um, rentals are, they're, they're very, very competitive because there are people who took advantage of the higher prices during the pandemic to sell, but didn't buy. And so they're in rentals. There are people who took a, a pass and waited for the market to subside a bit. The buyers, they're in rentals. And so it's very competitive. So Tough to be cash flow positive though, huh? Tough to be cash flow positive, but it's a long-term play. It's a long-term play. If you think, you know, 15, 20-year appreciation, Somebody is is helping you buy an asset that's going to be worth half a million, three quarters of a million dollars. So, uh, Jason Case is in the studio with us. He's one of our mortgage agents from Hamilton. I know that Jason's got some experience with rental properties. Hey, Jason. Uh, yes, um, uh, been involved personally in rentals for many years, and um, also in financing them. So, I think it's a great opportunity for people as long as they're informed and uh, have a long term view. I hear Caledonia is a good place to get it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, that is my uh, my neck of the woods, and uh, excited about all the growth uh, down there. Mm-hmm. Certainly, a different market than here. Um, but Dora mentioned a lack of inventory. Uh, we have the same issue there, and there's a ton of growth coming our way. So, very excited about that. Wonderful. Inventory seems to be the problem everywhere right now. It it is. We we have a crisis. We have an inventory crisis, and that's what's keeping the prices higher than I think they could have been with the seven increases in interest rates. Yeah, and soon to be eight on Wednesday, right? right? That's right. Last one. 25 basis points, you think? Market's priced in 25. Um, I think the market will will be floored if he goes 50 basis points this time. Market is priced in 25 and then pausing. Good. That's what the market is. Po- now, again, inflation numbers are year over year. We've seen the inflation numbers come down over the last three, four, five months. Mm-hmm. And they're expected to continue to come down even quicker now that we've hit the January, February, when really it was a year ago now that the inflation numbers started to, yeah. to skyrocket the way they did. So, so now that they're doing year over year, and I still think we're not going to get back down to the two. But if we can get somewhere between two and a half and three and a half percent, I think Tiff Macklin will be comfortable with the fact that, all right, I've raised them enough. There's enough damage being done with the higher cost to carry mortgages and carry loans and, and lines of credits that let's just sit on the sidelines for a while and see if this recession really happens and how it plays itself out before I have to make any other decisions moving forward. Birthdays. 
Birthdays, I've got a few. Uh, we've got our MBO party, so congrats to uh, to everyone at MBO. We've got our awards gala tonight. That's why Jason's here with us uh, today. Jason's back. If you Friend can't. and listener of the show who's tur- currently in Turks and Caicos, Adam Cote, who's married to Angie for Move, celebrating his birthday. And uh, sorry, Adam, go Bengals. Uh, and then I've got uh, Jeanette Oliver, uh, Jeff Adams, and Lynn Fornell from our office that are celebrating their birthdays this week. So happy birthday to them as well. Anything, Dora? Nothing. No birthdays from from my end. But the uh, good news is you're back next week. I am. I am. Lucky you. Well, she's she's on Canadian ground for you know she's been on Canadian ground for a couple of weeks. So yeah. we're lucky to have her. A nice clean air environment in That's our right. yeah. in our uh, studio. A which ray is nice of too. sunshine in the studio. Can we get a hold of you, Dora? Uh, Dora at paulrushforth.com. Frank N. at mortgagebrokersottawa.com. And please continue to support local businesses and charities. Have a great week. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye.